These days, so many podcast hosts just riff through unprepared segments until they get to the next ad break for pills they know nothing about, cheap razors, and whatever else they can get a buck from. But the Higher Side Chats does it differently. We succeed or fail on the quality of the content and your desire to hear more of it. So you're about to hear another free first hour episode that's here to prove the two hour shows are worth subscribing for. Five shows a month for just $8. Members get a mobile friendly website, a decade of archives, a dedicated RSS feed for the best podcast apps, and a lot deeper discussion than a single hour can allow for. Sponsor free with more for thee. Get a free seven-day trial of THC Plus at thehiresidechats.com. Enjoy! In the 1930s, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt addressed the nation through a series of radio broadcasts known as the Fireside Chats. His aim was to reassure the common man that our society would recover from its troubled times. Well, we're far from 1930, and I deal with a different kind of fire. For a new era of worldly frustration, we offer a fresh conversation. I'm Greg Carlwood, and these are the Higher Side Chats. Holy hell, Higher Side Chatters from sunny San Diego. I'm Greg Carlwood, and I hope you're all holding up all right, given the unsettling situations in society today. From the systematic implosion of supply chains, food factory fires, killing livestock en masse, and driving up fuel costs to the point that a trucking career is no longer profitable, to the funneling of our last remaining funds into an overseas proxy war as we inch closer to World War III. It's hard to find a slice of the pie that isn't crumbling, but seeing as how we live within a complex tapestry of solar cycles, astrological alignments, and a mind control matrix designed by a multi-generational capstone cabal that has never wavered from their disdain for the people, I want to know more about why the planet's puppet masters have chosen now for their full court press of the population and what the space weather tells us about this cosmic window of time, as well as practical and esoteric tools for making our way through it all. And there's probably no one better to break it all down for us than second-generation, world-renowned master, astrologer, and spiritual advisor Jeff Harmon. He's been doing what he does for nearly 50 years using ancient techniques including classical, Vedic, Kabbalistic, Nadi, and astrolocation astrology, combined with 35 years of Vedic planetary gem prescription. Well, I am certainly psyched to get into it. He sees the writing on the wall and the signs in the sky, the ancient astrological systems expert, planetary gemologist, guru, and space weatherman supreme, Jeff Harmon, my man. Welcome to the higher side. Hey, wow. That's quite an introduction, but I'm going to have to live up to that. Uh, I try. You got to get them psyched these days. There's a lot of things trying to get people's attention, but (laughs) I can't believe we haven't crossed paths earlier because you strike a unique balance between being extremely knowledgeable about astrology and other esoteric aspects of everything and also having a keen conspiratorial eye for the plans of the nefarious few, especially right now. And that's exactly the kind of guests we love around here. So I'm all jazzed up. All right. And we've done plenty of astrology 101 shows so we definitely don't need to get too fundamental but tell us a bit about the range of systems you use and find most valuable and accurate because there are quite a few 
Yeah, I mean, I'd have to say if I broke it down into two major categories, it would be the ancient Egyptian slash Chaldean, which then later matriculated up into the medieval astrology. That stuff is way better because it's not just quote unquote astrology. It's actually what I would like to call astronomy. Now, astronomers roll their eyes at astrology for the most part, though some don't, but that's why I like it. It's very, very technical, and it uses systems that are accurate. And then the other one is Vedic astrology, which I really do like, and there's many branches of that. Again, both of these systems were really connected to the astronomy in the sky. And, you know, for a lot of people who claim, well, but it's the work of the devil. Well, it's actually not. It might be the work of God on the fingers of the celestial energies working on the souls here on Earth, because it actually proves divinity is what it proves. In fact, many folks, they look closely in their Bibles, and particularly the Psalms, they will see that it's actually referenced. So that's the main two that I use, and there's kind of a wide umbrella. And the other one I use, and we're going to talk about that later, is location astrology as well. I love these two sciences because kings and queens and pharaohs and all these different emperors use them, and many politicians and bankers still use it today. And it's quite fascinating stuff because it definitely, in my opinion, proves that there is an interactive consciousness going on between us here, running around on this little piece of earth here, and what the celestial energies are doing above us. There's clearly some very powerful interactions going on. Right, right. Well said. And not only do you use some ancient systems, but you also use old school processes that a lot of modern astrologers have abandoned in exchange for smartphone apps and astro software, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I came up in BC, which is before computers. So <laughs> I was kind of lucky, you know, my mother and I were doing this stuff back in the 70s. And there was no computer programs that did it. And then in the late 70s, they started shining around the Commodore 64s and 128s. But I actually, in Vedic astrology, didn't have any computer programs. In fact, I still don't have computer programs that do certain calculations in the Nadi astrology. So I have to do it by hand. And I think that gives you a better connection in some ways when you put a pencil to it. The problem is when we stare at computer screens, you don't really have the ability to grasp it when you know, you're just looking at what a program's telling you, it says. So yeah, I like the old school combined with the new world. It's a great way to go. I like it. And as you said, we know kings and queens and pharaohs have consulted astrologers before they make their moves. But as you also said, modern elite do as well. And you have a little insight into this because apparently you had a teacher that used to consult for Rockefellers and other elite families and international bankers, right? Yeah, I did. He was pretty amazing. He was an old man at the time that I worked with him. And yeah, he had done a lot of stuff over in London. He was originally from India and he did a branch called Prashna and Maherta. Those are Prashna, modern Western astrologers will know that as horary or interrogation. That's divinational. You can literally ask a question and you cast charts. And then the other one was Maherta, which we know in the West as electional astrology. And yeah, he was pretty good. I'll tell you that. He showed me stuff that I've never seen anybody else show me. And I've had a couple of teachers like that. 
And very interesting because his grandfather's grandfather had given him calculations on where the sidereal zodiac reference point is taken to the tropical. Those are called ayanamshas for anyone familiar with Vedic astrology. And I thought he was kind of off his rocker at first. And then he said, no, 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 just try this. And I did. And I went, wow, it's been really accurate for me and really, and, and many clients too, in terms of timing. I don't think we'll ever figure out the complexities of astrology. And the more I get to know, the more I realize and more humble I get, because you see that this is a very, very complex matrix of spirits, angels, and interactions going on souls. And that's the work that really attracts me too, is when we look at the world at large right now, what's happening? You know, everyone's looking around and you mentioned in your opening, there's all this crazy demonic stuff going on. It's like they're planting people in positions of power and district attorneys and governors, and they're infiltrating every corner of the globe with this insanity that is basically out to destroy humanity and break down the current existing systems. It's clearly demonic energies working through communism. And what's interesting is that the astrology shows that. It actually shows this would have been a window when this would have happened. You know, everybody kept asking me on interviews years ago, Jeff, what do you think of the Mayan calendar? And I said, not a single thing. I said, I cannot come up with anything with the Mayan calendar or all these other reference points that, you know, were supposed to be happening. I said, but watch out for 2020 forward. Well, why would I say that? Well, because we had a Saturn-Pluto conjunction combined with a 240-year cycle of Jupiter and Saturn. Now, people listening in astrology are going to say, well, wait a minute, Jupiter and Saturn can join every 20 years. Well, they're right, they do. But not like this. See, if you go back to the flood of Noah, literally, these were called great conjunctions. They happen just about every thousand years. And there's certain particular ones that happen at very specific points in the celestial matrix called the zodiac. And it is really powerful. Well, the one we just had on the winter solstice of 2020 was a 240 year cycle that's ushering in a new age. Does that sound familiar? Hmm. And look at the buttons they're pushing. Climate change, it's the end of the world, right? The world's gonna end in 12 years, right? That's what occasional cortex tells us. That's what I call our occasional cortex. But <laughs> then, then you have the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. You could have set your watch to when the mind-controlled teleprompter reading media hit the panic button on that one for COVID. I mean, literally, it was to the day almost. I'm like, wow, this is stunning. And we had sagebrush blowing in the streets. They told us bodies were going to be stacked to the ceiling. And please, folks, lift up your arm because we're coming in with that shot. So that's where it's been. And the astrology was right on. And I would have said this was the gateway to fascism. And the question is, is will it succeed? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I tend to say it might in places, but it looks, and I hope my calculations are right, but according to the Nadi astrology in, it's a branch of Vedic astrology, we might actually have the fire truck arrive with the fire hose right before the house burns to the ground. And that 
might be right at the end of this year, beginning of next. Right. I've heard you talk about that. And I was going to ask you to maybe elaborate on what it is within that system that brings you to that conclusion. Well, in Nadi astrology, they do not treat like Western astrologers do that. Oh, you're a Pisces, you're an Aries. No. In fact, the ancient Egyptian and Chaldean, and a lot of people have heard of the Kabbalah. That's kind of a modern pop term again. But really, it's just ancient sacred wisdom. They knew that spirit becomes manifest at a birth of something. Now, that could be the birth of a country, the birth of a person, an animal, you name it. In fact, the Romans were very well aware of this stuff. They knew that cities actually had guardian angels. Now, people might laugh at that listening in the linear left brain world. But why did the Romans do a ritual outside? of a city to chase away the angelic forces so that when they attacked, the people would have less resolve to fight. And they did that. You can look it up historically. What's interesting is this kind of stuff is well known in the secret society slash esoteric fields that literally when you commence an event, whether you get married, whether you form a city, whether you have a child born, Etc. It concretizes an energy on the physical plane. And that's what I loved about Nadi astrology is it looks at spirit manifest. Well, to answer your question, in the birth chart of the United States, which we know was July 4th, 1776, right? That's when everybody took the pens out and started saying, saying, we're doing this, the Declaration of Independence. So that's often treated as the birth chart astrologically. Now, some people do use different charts. I do as well, but we'll stick with that one for now. So in Nadi astrology, you run, Saturn has 30-year progressions, and you have to take the longitude of when the birth chart is, subtract a certain calculation, and then you can run out each planet's what we call primary direction. So at 246 years old, the United States just had Saturn clock over some really powerful planets. It's called the Air Trine, and it just happens to have Mars, Venus, the Sun, and Jupiter there. Moreover, it aspects the Moon. What does that mean? A lot of disruption with a lot of, lot of power. And the reason, and that one's going to bring a lot of unrest, I really see from the beginning of August well into fall, they're going to pull all kinds of stuff. They probably have 25 scenarios, but I would really think the trigger of Mars here that's happening to a conjunction of Uranus, and then right after that, it goes to a square of Saturn. It looks like August forward is when the events really start popping. And you know they got to do that. They've got to get their mail-in drop boxes. They've got to turn up the heat on COVID, you know, and all that. And the monkey pox or whatever else they can get going. You know, there's 100 scenarios. I really wouldn't put them past them from nuking a city. That's how you're not dealing with nice people here. These people have zero regard for life. It's all about power. In fact, they actually like destruction, in my opinion. And they fund both sides of the war. We're not dealing with Biden and the Republicans and the Democrats. This is, in my opinion, a top-down, these are globalists fighting the nationalists, in my opinion. And these guys print the money, they control the systems of money, 
And that's how you can get the politicians to acquiesce and go along with whatever they tell them to do. Because if someone says, here, here's a half a billion dollars in your tax-free, unaccounted for Swiss bank account, you get the keys to everything, you do what we tell you to do. And if you don't, we'll kill your family and destroy your career. And that's the kind of power they have. And this is all about the money. And people dance to the money. That's why I see the first couple of weeks here of August, likely to see some real crazy stuff coming in. And to finish the answer to your question, what makes me say there's hope at the end of the tunnel is Jupiter is not only the largest planet in the solar system, but it clearly in Vedic astrology is called the life breath forces upon the souls here, you know, manifest in the physicality. And there may be a lot of truth to that. A good friend of mine who just died, Claude Swanson, and I like to mention him, he was a physicist. He just passed away in Tucson. I was very sad to hear that mm. back in June. And he and I used to have some wonderful discussions and he wrote some amazing books. I would encourage if you can still get them. I don't know if you can, but it was called The Synchronized Universe. And he worked for DARPA and he talked about what I'm speaking about. And that is that there are waves of torsion that seem to come out of these planets that regular modern hard sciences have yet to fully understand. And when you talk about consciousness, spirituality, souls, spirits, all this stuff, there's no meter. These hard scientists can pull out and say, well, there it is. You know, we, we just measured three amps of soul. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. This is happening on dimensions that are far different than what hard science can at this time measure. And Claude was playing around with theories and models mathematically on that. Well, Jupiter clearly in the Nadi astrology is the forces of expansion and motion on the soul. So that in the United States clocks into the water trine. When? Right about January. Give or take. It's right about the end of December, beginning into January. Wasn't that interesting? If the dystopiocrats take the hit that I think they're going to take at this midterm election, that would be just about when something would start turning around. And it may be more than that. It also indicates possibly even the Supreme Court could be making rulings that might be even more astounding. So this is where I, I got the calculation. The other reason is, on the other side of astrology, the United States is having a Pluto return. Right Now, Pluto, they can demean it all they want from being a planet. I always say C4 and dynamite comes in small packages too. And I can tell you that my observation of Pluto in personal readings and also in mundane astrology, which is what we're talking about here on the world, it's profound. Look what happened on the Saturn-Pluto conjunction with the COVID coming in. And this same thing happened on 9-11. We had a Saturn-Pluto opposition. And 9-11, yes, we did see the buildings come down like sparklers from jet fuel, which can't happen anyways, but God forbid we can't mention that. That one's closed, folks. We have the report on that. So they and all the architects and all the king's men could not change the media's mind. So that's the official story. But then we had the Saturn-Pluto square, which happened on the 2008-2009 bank crash. Both of those events allowed the Patriot Act 
the Middle East wars to go continue. So the effects of these astrological energies continue for years forward. They're like gates or portals that open that, that allow these globalists to make their moves. Well, this last one, the COVID-19, has far-reaching implications because it's not just COVID-19. It also allows the WHO and all kinds of little laws to be rubber-stamped and passed that take away our freedom. Look what's happened on social media. I mean, you put this show on YouTube, pal, you're going to be gone, hmm. you, you know, with me talking like this. You put this show on certain social media, it's going to be over. We are clearly entering into an Orwellian era. And the only thing that seems to stand in the way of it is the United States of America's Constitution, because it stands for something quite unique called freedom. And if they can get rid of this place, and they know they can't, unless they create total breakdown, mayhem, and chaos. And that's why they're doing what they're doing to the energy sections, to the food, to the supply lines, flooding the borders, flooding the major cities with all these communists, literally bought and paid for communists. Because if they can get the streets to burn and people to become so distraught that they'll do anything, they'll sign up for any, just feed us, just, just feed us. It's like the depression. They did the same thing then. And the same bankers did it. And you know, Woodrow Wilson signed the Federal Reserve over to these guys. And every Federal Reserve chairman stands up and parrots the 16th Amendment. We have the right to print the money. And the uh, Federal Reserve is no more federal than Federal Express. Yet, it is the most fortified entity in the government. And they got a lot of power. Let me tell you, this is where the tentacles are connected to the upper globalists and bankers. Mm -hmm. We hear about Soros, we hear about, you know, Schwab and all that, but those are the foot soldiers. They're certainly down in the trenches making sure it all happens. But the guys at the top of the pyramid are the ones that are really orchestrating all this. It's an effort for globalism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. And you mentioned that you wouldn't put it past them to bomb a U.S. city, and we did just have— I wouldn't put it past them to do anything. I really wouldn't. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And sometimes they telegraph their moves, like we did have a notice about how to survive a nuclear explosion in a New Jersey mall. We also had the New York City emergency preparedness team put out a PSA about this kind of stuff. That's concerning. We haven't seen that in my lifetime. Well, I didn't mind. I, I remember back in the 60s, I used to have to go down in the basement when the air raid sirens would go off because they, they were still, that was right in the end of the nuclear threats. But yeah. And you said, you know, looking at Mars, the war planet, I mean, that's going to be an indication. Is there a specific window of time where you think that play would be made, like a, a month or so? Yeah, it, I mean, we got a Mars-Uranus conjunction right happening on the very beginning of August. Jeez. Then we have a Mars-Saturn square, which happens right around August 7th. The other one, too, is late in the fall. See, Mars is going to go retrograde. And when Mars goes retrograde, that's always an issue. See, Mars will go retrograde right on October 30th. Wasn't well, that interesting? They'll be counting the mail-in votes. You know, I had an idea for these guys. Why don't they just phone it in? We could just phone in our votes. You know, that way they could have half the people in China doing it. You know, so <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But that's what they'll try next. And 
this is a dicey time. And I started talking about the Pluto returns. The United States is undergoing something known as a Pluto return. What that means is it takes Pluto somewhere between 240 to 250 years to go around the solar system. And clearly it's happening on the United States. And many statisticians will say, you know, about every 250 years, empires fall or they rearrange or et cetera, et cetera. If you look at the glyph of Pluto, it's the sun over the crescent of the moon over the cross. And, you know, somebody was doing something besides Pisces loves Aries when they created these glyphs, because all the glyphs or icons of the planets come from combinations of the sun, which is the seed the moon, which is the crucible, and the cross, which is the earth, which is spiritual manifestation into the physical world. So Pluto seems to rule, and I have to agree with the interpretations that many of the earlier astrologers had given to it. It is clearly like the god of the underworld, or you could say it is destruction, and then the phoenix rising out of the ashes, or something else rising out of the ashes. So the United States has this going on. It started last February, right when Putin rolled into Ukraine, destroying all the labs. And then the second hit was literally in July, right around the 10th or 11th of July. And I'm sure they're busy doing a lot of things we don't know. But I remember Biden was kissing the feet of the Saudi Arabians at that time for more oil while totally ignoring the massive U.S capabilities in oil and resources. And the final hit is this December of this year. I think it's right around the 26th or 27th. So this country, as we know it, is either really going to go through a destructive phase this fall into winter, and it probably will. And whether we're the phoenix rising out of the ashes or we're now standing there with cups and bread lines waiting for our government stipends from our masters will be a thing to be seen <laughs> because it's coming. Mm. Right. And so when it comes to the Pluto return, obviously no individual has experienced it because it's longer than a human lifespan. But can we look back at other empires, the Romans, yeah, the, the Greeks, Romans. the British Empire? Yeah, don't have a lot of data on the Greeks, but, you know, maybe Troy had that happen. I don't know. But I know the Roman Empire is probably more well-documented as a cohesive entity. And the Roman Empire actually divided right on the first Pluto return. It divided. It became the East and the West. And of course, the West more survived. And then that completely broke up on the second Pluto return. So that's certainly one good example. And I did some research on that. And it was right on. Again, it's harder... And I'm sure with China, see, some of these countries like India and China and Europe, very hard to definitively say when they started, including, you know, like Germany and England and all that. They've been around for hundreds and hundreds of years, actually thousands. So it's really hard to say, okay, when did they start? When did they make a declaration on the kingdom? That stuff may exist, but I haven't seen anything that, you know, I would put a lot of faith into. The Roman Empire was certainly a real good example. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. And to step back to what you said about Roman rituals and driving out the angelic protectors before invading a place, I've had plenty of guests talk about 
modern day award show rituals, esoterically potent statues and obelisks placed strategically, saying certain phrases in presidential speeches on specific days. Do you see elite rituals today that serve a similar purpose of scaring off any protective spirits or even just amplifying their own aims? Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. Yeah, I mean, Washington, D.C. is literally an Egyptian temple. You know, its original name was the District of Columbia, and it was laid out by a French architect, and there's many excellent books talking about how the geometry of the streets have been literally laid out in the obelisks and the domes and the places of the Capitol. I actually have a mural of George Washington in his Masonic apron, and there was a big Masonic ritual when they laid the cornerstone of the foundation of the Capitol. And again, let's hope he did a good job because, boy, we're in the uh, foundational structures being burned down right now. And what's really important here is, yes, a lot of these, I don't know that I've seen anything that I would definitively say, but we see it all the time in the entertainment industry, particularly the Oscars and different things. There's all kinds of symbolism that shows up. There's symbolism in our media. I think they've been doing subliminal stuff on us for a long time, since probably when TV came out in the 50s. It's clear the media is almost exclusively dominated, not only by the teleprompter readers who are basically all saying the same thing. You could just look at what they say. You know, it's interesting. Tucker Carlson will often put a, a montage on of all these news commentators using the exact same phrases. So they're very sophisticated. And God only knows we're all piped in with very fast networks now. I mean, I remember back in the 60s, you know, with the rabbit ears you know, on the TV and the black and white, watching the Coke bottle roll across the stage on the moon landings. And then what happened was, as it got more and more sophisticated, now we all have cable TV or we have internet TV. And with 5G, huh, I mean, the subliminals and frequencies they could be putting through could be daunting if we could ever decode it. So they've grown in their sophistication. And there's no question, there's forces on this planet that are clearly demonic. And you know, I've had discussions with Claude Swanson and others about that. There's some pretty overwhelming evidence that the demonic spirits are literally intertwined into this particular dimension's molecular structures. And it's pretty blatantly obvious. Look at, you know, everything has juxtaposing forces. You have day and night, you have positive and negative, you have protons, electrons, all these things. If we keep going down, there's always a balanced force around some invisible central reference point. It's how energy sinusoidally works. You know, in physics, they call them sine waves. It's called sinusoidal waves. And this whole thing seems to be balanced upon these forces always working against one another. And we see it in secret societies. You see it in regular society and in human psyche itself. But the one thing I always like to allude to is what's holding it all together is divinity up above, and it truly is, or it wouldn't be here. 
So the good always wins. It just, it doesn't seem like it. But these people, if they could just take over the world, they would. Hmm. They try. I mean, look at the (laughs) occult stuff going on with Hitler. I mean, so occult. You know, Aleister Crowley was doing sex magic rituals with Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard back in the late 40s, early 50s. Right. And Jack Parsons started NASA. So, you know, it's all over the place. It's all over the place, intertwined. Eisenhower warned about this in the late 50s, early 60s. He said, you know, there's a force. Of course, he called it, quote unquote, the military industrial complex. You know, Trump called it the swamp. But I would say it's a force that has pervaded throughout history. This is nothing new. It's just been going on for thousands of years. It's built into this dimension. There's texts that actually support that. They literally say this is a planet or a place of spiritual purification and rectification. You know, many of the religions will tell you, well, you're all sinners and you're going to hell. Well, I don't know if some of that isn't right here, both heaven and hell. You pick your flavor because some people really tend to get into some very dicey chambers on this planet or vortexes, if you will, from the soul, and others get into some pretty divine ones. Most of us are somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, NASA is certainly strange, launching on numerologically potent dates, and even just the naming of missions like Apollo, and then they named that one asteroid Osiris-Rex. It's always about the gods and often about Egypt. Yep. Even SpaceX, they had the Falcon X rocket, while well, the Falcon is Horus, you and it's like, it. what's going on with what seems to be these space rituals? Totally. Oh, yeah, you bet. Look at Von Braun. You know, it's really interesting. My wife, Camille, has an uncle who just passed away. And we went down to Huntsville, Alabama. Oh, God, probably 20 years ago. And walked around with him through the whole graveyard of the Apollo programs. And he was one of the engineers because he's now gone. He was in his, I think, mid to late 80s or something when he died. And so, you know, he was an engineer on the Apollo space programs. And we got to go into some really cool areas and see, you know, again, all this stuff in Huntsville. Well, that's where von Braun was hawked out of Germany with Hitler's people brought over here. So was Einstein and all the nuclear physicists that created the nuclear weapons. And isn't this interesting? If you take this up to 100,000 feet and look down, well, why would that happen? Why would somebody who was an enemy, the United States, end up, come on in, folks, and, you know, red carpet? It's because the same bankers are running everything mm-hmm. at the top of the pyramid and money talks. Yes. And they're very, very involved. And I'm not so sure some of these people are fully human. And that, that may sound crazy, but I've actually seen shape shifting on people and their hands turn into claws. I had one guy sitting next to him one time's hand literally shape shifted into a claw. I thought, okay, I'm imagining things. You know, maybe my coffee's spiked or something. So then he took his hand off the table because he noticed that I noticed it and put it underneath. And he acted very sheepishly afterwards. I thought, okay, that's confirmation of what I just seen. You know, you wouldn't do that unless 
he recognized that I recognized that his hand just shape shifted into a claw. <laughs> right. That you is, see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's very wild. And you're not the first person to say something like that. I've even heard guests oh, yeah. just talk about being in the room with a guy like Kissinger and you can feel the energy. Sometimes it's not so much as like physically seeing a change, but like you can just feel an energy you've never felt around other human beings. And uh, it's just something that stacks up. More and more people say these things. And whether they are human or not, I definitely think they're in league with dark spiritual forces. They definitely seem like they're getting even maybe their plans or their marching orders from some higher dimensional force. You bet. That stuff is clearly going on. I mean, we ran into a Marine who is literally saying we are recording craft coming in and out of Zuma Beach underneath. There's a big, huge shelf in Malibu that these craft come in and out of. And he said, they're propagating so fast through the atmosphere, we almost can't measure it. It's like almost instantaneous. And it may very well be. So it's, you know, again, these guys aren't out there smoking weed. They're using very sophisticated, probably leading edge technologies because the military is very, very well funded. Just north of where we live here in California, I go up there sometimes between Santa Barbara and Oxnard, there is a base. I mean, it's like flies coming in and out of there with radar planes. It's all these AWACS coming in and out, constantly landing and taking off big, huge radar screens up on top of them, these disks. And I mean, the American military is very sophisticated, much more so than I think they let people know. And I think there's stuff going on underground. There's secret military branches that we'll never hear the names of. And I think they're very involved and have been for a long time with quite possibly extraterrestrial slash. It may be a lot more like men in black than we know. I actually was hired by a person to work on a gold mine. They were up there with a lot of sophisticated equipment and they wanted to see what astrology could help them with. And I ended up crawling up to the top of this mountain and I noticed this huge lake bed over there and I saw these weird craft like kind of hovering and then floating and then coming down. And I said, what the hell is that? He goes, oh, no, it's Area 51. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said no, okay, the rumors are true. You know, I was probably 35 to 50 miles away from it. It was a long ways, but I could see it. I could see it. And definitely not regular airplanes, especially the shapes and the way that they reacted and came in. So. And they weren't Harriers either, because Harriers have a very jet-like movement. You know, so it's interesting stuff. <laughs> very interesting. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on those who say that beings like the Greys or reptilians are more like spiritual beings manifested rather than beings from some foreign planet? I think this planet is full of them. I really do. I think it's full of all kinds of energies. And, you know, we've heard... You know, that's the interesting thing that science, and again, I'm, you know, really sad that Claude died because he was really an advanced thinker. You know, he came from this very structured linear left brain world and he was playing around with scientific models that support what the mystics have always known and what we're talking about. And that is that there is a big, I think there's such a huge chasm of energies. And in fact, in the ancient texts, it actually says if we could see what was about us with the visual spectrum, which we can't, we would be stunned 
that the entities, the disincarnate souls, the spirits, the elementals, the demonics, there's layers and layers of these things. The demonics literally have their spirits, intelligences, and angelic forces that are like in hierarchy. And then they claim you've got the nature spirits, which is earth, air, fire, and water. These are all building blocks of the atomical structures of the world. And science is really, we're lucky. It's like science can operate like it does because everything is so repeatable. You know, a atom of air or a molecule of air or of gold or plastic or whatever it is will stay in its current state unless it's altered by some physical way. And these building blocks are very mysterious because the further physics looks into it, particularly quantum physics and other new sciences, they say something very intelligent is holding it all here and consciousness affects it. Well, now you start entering out of this lower myopic world of science, not that it isn't sophisticated and brought us great stuff, but you start entering this whole world of, wow, there's all these forces that are beyond what hard sciences can measure that seem to be affecting the physical world we're in. In the Hebrew text and the Egyptian text, it specifically says the human body might be a bit like a host that we are the hosts with our consciousness, our spirit, psyche, and soul. But there's things called abures, which many psychiatrists have, in my opinion, proved, particularly Dr. Carl Wicklin's work, Dr. Edith Fiore, Dr. Fry. There are just a few of them. There's many out there doing this work where they're clearing people who have schizophrenia, who have various different, you could say, anomalies with you know, their psychiatric work. And the patient clears up and they're having dialogue with disincarnate souls. They're having dialogue with spirits and demonic entities. And once they get them to leave by whatever method, of course, we hear this all the time about the exorcisms, which is very, very true. I've done a lot of this work and it's, I've actually gotten fevers when I do it. I, I had one boy I cleared, it was actually a yogi's son out of India. He was here and had really gone off the beam. And when I cleared him, I actually got really sick from it. I was down with 102 fever. And I always use astrology when I do these clearings on people or places. And I'm a little apprehensive to do it in certain cases because sometimes you're dealing with some really powerful energies. And again, the lower left brain world wants us to not pay attention of this. They want us to just go to work, do what we're told, pay the taxes and all that, which is fine, but not look at this other world. And this is the whole mind control. You get into MK Ultra and you get into all the more advanced stuff, which is way more advanced than that. That's a 70s term. But clearly, these people are very, very adept at bending the lower conscious mind of humanity around. Frank Campra, the famous director of It's a Wonderful Life and so many other great movies, had said during World War II, he got very discouraged because they pulled in a lot of your famous Hollywood directors like John Ford and Frank Capra and, and many others were hired to do a lot of the propaganda films. And 
if you look at it today, you can actually really blatantly see, you know, well, I could be like John Wayne and Robert Mitchum and go to war and kill people. It's fun, you know, be all you can be. And there's nothing wrong with patriotism and all that, but you can see what they were doing. And you got the bankers funding both sides of the war. These wars are, are literally created to break down structures so they can put new ones in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, George Carlin might have been right when he said wars when old men in business suits send young men to go off to war for their business interests. Yes. Now it's women, too. He was right on. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, here you have his filing cabinet, which is quite interesting. <laughs> but in terms of going back to the signs in the sky, what about eclipses that might be on the roadmap for the next year or so? Any big concerns there? Oh, yeah. Eclipses are really powerful. And see, we've got one coming up this fall that's very, very powerful. See, eclipses are very mysterious. When the sun and the moon and the earth align on their what we call ecliptic path, which is just a fancy word for their orbital plane. See, the earth is sitting at about a 23 degree, 44 minute angle at best guesses. That's where they put it right now. The moon, too, is sitting at a slight angle. So when they align, we get the occultation of the sun or the moon. Of course, a new moon is, is an eclipse and a full moon can get an eclipse. So why these are so powerful and they're very mysterious. The Chaldeans and the Egyptians knew a lot about this. They actually started at the North or South Pole. And some of these eclipses are series that run out sometimes up to 2000 years. So you get into a very mysterious set of karmic energies that release upon the planet that I think are far beyond what astrologers can fully assess. But I can tell you that I have a book here. I'm actually reaching around to grab it right now. And we have one coming up here this fall. Yeah, it's on October 25th. Now, isn't that interesting? That's literally when Mars is stationing to go retrograde on October October surprise. Yeah, October surprise. And that is known by the Chaldeans as a serocycle six south. It's really interesting because these people, without slide rules, without computers, knew this stuff. So if you look at here, let me go look that up for you, six south, because I, yeah, this one actually began in the year of 1049. That's almost a thousand years ago, just short of it. And it started at the South Pole. See, these eclipses serpentine around the Earth for up to 1,000 to 2,000 years, some of them. And they're very mysterious. And this particular one is a very powerful one. It's all about forcefully taking power. Hmm, would that have anything to do with the midterm elections? So it has a real manic energy to it. It has great force. And the reason why, again, Mars and Pluto are associated with the formation of this eclipse. See, now this is another interesting topic. Eclipses are like birth charts, meaning that when an eclipse happens, now whether it's a new eclipse, see, this is what's mysterious. When they happen at the North and South Pole, that is the birth of a series of eclipses. But when they happen as they go across the globe, that's usually a series of eclipses associated with the original major eclipse that started. So these are very, very mysterious. And this one, I can tell you, I've been following these for many years, since the early 90s. And I can tell you, this one is very volatile. And you have to look at 
the aspects. You even treat each eclipse as a birth chart. So you look at the configurations in the mundane astrology, in other words, what it's being aspected like, and it literally becomes a hot point in the sky. And as progressions and transits aspect that eclipse, you will get events. For instance, this Mars-Pluto, I'm sorry, Mars-Uranus that's coming up right in August. Let me just see here. Right. It's squaring by wide orb the May 15th eclipse. You see, so it's a really complex tapestry of energies that are constantly interacting in the physical world. And these occultists know this stuff. And if they're playing around with demonics, which I truly believe they are, the spirit demonics know that astrology is literally the portals at which energy interacts with on this planet. Thank God we have free will because we do. But very interesting. This does not look like a good time for the good old US of A. And you don't need astrology to figure that one out. Look what they're doing right now. They're literally trying to eliminate independent truckers in California. They're mm -hmm. shutting down the diesel. If you choke off the petrochemical industry in this country, you will destroy it. You won't eat. You won't have gas. You won't have trucking. Trucks go to all our grocery stores. And I don't know too many people who've got a sustainable garden in their backyard. No. No, even though we've been preaching that for several years around here. But let me ask you this. So when you look at various years as, let's say, just chunks of an astrological roadmap, we know 2019 was difficult. 2020, even more difficult. Yeah. 2022 has been pretty difficult. Mm -hmm. What do you think about 2023 and 2024 or years going forward? Because when I listen to geopolitical analysts and just conspiratorial researchers, they say, hey, we're bracing for a long winter that's coming. It's not going to be something that just ends at the end of this year. Maybe we do get a little grace. You mentioned the December thing, but what do you think about the next couple of years compared to the last couple of years? Well, I think we're at the effect and they're creating it. This is my point. You have to look at astrology in a much broader sense. What happened in 2020 gave them the foothold to do what they're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Biden has been running around canceling all the lease scores. Biden's not doing it. It's his handlers. Biden and Harris together probably can't tie their shoes unless the teleprompter tells them which finger to put where. And I'm telling you, who's orchestrating this is clearly out to shut this country down and put it in mayhem. I mean, it's very transparent. Look what they're doing in every facet. The borders are being stampeded. We're being planted and they're flying people around free of charge. Last night I read some of these criminals can get a boarding pass just by showing their arrest warrant. Who's approving all this stuff? This goes deep. This is deeper than Hitler's SS ever was. When you look at the network that is in this country and in other countries orchestrating this stuff. And People will sell their souls for money. People say, well, how would anyone do that? Well, just flash enough cash and they'll do it or threaten them enough. If we say, hey, you love your kid? Yeah, yeah, I love my kids. Well, you want them around? Then you better do what we tell you to do because we put you in power. And this is how it works. If you look at Gavin Gruesome, I call him Gruesome, not Newsome. <laughs> he's the poster boy that they want to dust off and run for the next 
Democratic presidential guy. He's, I think, one of the main contenders. Mm -hmm. And he's perfect. He's just as crooked. He's probably more crooked than Billy Boy Clinton ever was. He'll do anything they tell him to do. He's the perfect Democrat because he stands there and says, oh, my God, this is atrocious. Well, he turns around and throws more matches on the fire and gasoline. So this is their MO. And it's very, very transparent. And again, the Republicans are this. Forget the Republicans and the Democrats. You have owners. They own this place. And they're all dancing to the money and the promise of power. Mm -hmm. If you're told you'll have private security, you'll be in the tower, you'll be you'll be in charge of it all if you just do what we tell you to do. And who cares about them down there? They're all cattle. Just let them fight and kill each other and burn and starve. It doesn't matter. We run this place. This is the MO you're dealing with. And people better wake up because it could get really dicey. And again, to answer your question, I don't think any astrologer is going to look up in the sky and see anything there. It's already happened, folks. The triggers have happened. It was the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. That was the gateway, just like 9-11. Look at the events that happened at 9-11. We saw the buildings come down. We heard bin Laden did it, right? All that stuff. Of course, his family was the only one flying and meeting with the Bushes that night. And the entire country shut down. But look at the subsequent events launched an entire multi-billion dollar invasion into Iraq, which turned into trillions, Afghanistan, a more suppression and control of the vast oil resources in the Middle East. And then we saw the Patriot Act. Mm, let's look into that one. You'll never again board a plane without being shook upside down, showing IDs and being scanned. Won't ever happen. Plus, the Patriot Act had far, far, far deeper reaching powers into all of our personal freedoms, particularly social media. Everything you say is being parsed by a computer on any lines of communications, your cell phones, your texts, everything we're saying right now. I, mm -hmm. I guarantee you, you and I have a file that is quite detailed. We have a dossier on you. It's worse than the colonel in Casablanca. I mean, that, that was cool 80-something years ago. Where we're at right now with the computing power these people have, I mean, they know how many papers you delivered. Of course, nobody delivers papers anymore. <laughs> but, but I mean, everything is documented. Right, right. It's a scary world because the power of surveillance is there like never before. And if they get us all microchipped, which they're working on, you're really going to have a world. Yeah, well, I've heard that when it comes to like the technocracy, these things you're talking about, digital IDs, central bank digital currencies, and these control systems, I understand that's a Pluto and Aquarius thing, which is much of the next two years. Is that your read as well? Well, yeah. I mean, you can look at it that way too. Sure. I mean, but I think the triggers have already happened. Yeah, Pluto enters Aquarius, in, at least in the tropical zodiac, very, very soon. See, and this is the other mysterious thing and complexity is that you're dealing with tropical astrology versus Vedic astrology, which is sidereal. And these two kind of intertwined are like gears that mesh as the solar system progresses around the central sun. And even to the flat earthers, I say it's still a celestial model. This matrix is still a celestial model. So whatever the hell it is, it's clearly got the effects of both. I find the tropical zodiac on the mundane world, meaning our world, is really accurate. 
really, really accurate. I find the Vedic satirical is very, very accurate on souls, but the mundane world sure seems to be dancing very accurately to the tropical systems. And I'm not saying either one is better. I'm just saying I look at them both. And so far, when it comes to events in a like country or worldly events, the tropicals winning. And it's the more denser layer. Because I don't care which one's accurate. I'm not here, you know, holding a torch. But yes, Pluto does enter tropical Aquarius right at about the end of this year. Actually, no, it's the end of 2023. Mm -hmm. But I think the effects, what really shows astrologically, we're heading into a really strong recession. They won't call it that, but it's going to be like a depression. It's just our infrastructure is so much greater than 1929. I don't think it's going to be like that because of the power of all the distribution change. They can affect things quickly. But I would say the Saturn-Uranus square, which perfects again right around the end, I think it's the end of September this year, really is going to bring in a heavy recession. They've set it up that way. They set it up that way. Mm -hmm. They've got COVID to point to. Oh, but it's COVID, you know. Right. No, it's called you shut down every avenue of petrochemical leases, coal. You're just shutting it all down. I mean, what were you expecting? You know, a tuna on rye here? I mean, is there's no way it's going to go any other way. You're not going to push semis down the road with solar panels. It's not going to happen. Right, right. And also economically, like I've heard you say that we had a Saturn-Pluto square right in the 2008 financial collapse. That's right. I also read that in Vedic astrology, it's Jupiter and Venus that rule wealth and money. That's right. But what would you look at to try to get a handle on the economic future of America and just potentially when the real bottom will fall out of the economy next? If we had a 2008 style collapse, would it be this year? Would it be next year? What do you think? It's likely to be this year, but see the Fed, those guys are tricky. They can really, they've got their hands on the faucet. They could turn it on, turn it off, raise interest, lower interest. They run this place. In fact, it's interesting you mentioned 2008 and 2009. I believe, from all the reports I've heard, they federalized most of the major bank chains. It's all federalized. The Fed's literally in there running on them since 2008 and 9. And that was a very convenient time to do that. They bailed them out and said, by the way, you can keep your, your marquee and your sign, but we run this place. And they're federalized. And, and this is a network that's far, far deeper now than ever before. And they can destroy anyone's life. Just like in China, they can turn on and off your bank accounts. See, China is their favorite model because yeah. right now they, they've got people who can walk in and instead of hauling out your card anymore, they just take your face and, you know, retina scan and there you go, your account's deducted, get out of here, you know? Mm -hmm. Here, look into the neuralizer one more time. Boof, there you go. You're happy. And then they leave, you know. So it's getting kind of eerie. It really is. And I would say that the saving grace here is Jupiter. See, you just mentioned it. Jupiter is known as Jiva, which is a strange, very complex word in Sanskrit, that in Hindi, that means the forces upon the soul, the blessings upon the soul is another thing. 
And in Christianity, many people know the Lord's Prayer. They cross when they say, thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. They touch the left shoulder at the power, the right at the glory. Well, <laughs> the right shoulder represents Jupiter and Venus. The left shoulder represents Mars and Saturn. You see, and the heart chakra where they cross and say, amen. Of course, the bearded men in Rome changed that to thine is the kingdom, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, which is fine, but it lost some of the significance of the original doxology, which was kind of hocked out of the Hebrew in the Aramaic. So Rome was very well aware what they were doing, some of these early founders, and they took a lot of information and threw it in the bottom of the Vatican. And that's been very well infiltrated, and I think is behind a lot of stuff that's going on on this planet. It's very demonic. It really is. The good news is, is the divine is always above. And I think the less fear we have, the less elementals we're creating in chaos. Now, that's an easy thing for me to say, because we all get into chaos and fear and get upset. But I, I love if you hold your space and you say, you know, I'm not going to tolerate this. You know, there's many stories where people were persecuted throughout history and they just held their space. I don't care. You can burn me at the stake and do whatever you want. I'm not going to acquiesce to your way and accept it. Mm -hmm. And this, of course, was the same things our founding fathers had when they said, screw you, we're not going to pay the king anymore. We're going to become a free nation. I think the greatest document ever drafted, to my eyes, was the Constitution. And I, I actually have it. We picked up a copy of the Constitution. I read it. And it's absolutely a profound document where anybody of any race, any creed can have freedom. That's really a miraculous document. And I think that stands directly in the path of their global one world order. I mean, you heard Senior Bush, you know, and so many other presidents parrot that phrase. It's a new world order. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I see. <laughs> and, you know, your handlers, they're well indoctrinated. I mean, it's well known Obama was trained by Saul Lewinsky. The whole thing was all put together. Hillary did a thesis on him. This is Marxism. It's very mm -hmm. simple. It's Marxism. If you go back and, you know, look at Stalin, look at Mao, look what these communists did to people. In fact, Stalin got so sick and tired of murdering people. He said, you know, this is costing too much, too much money on soldiers and weaponry. Let's just starve them out. We'll just shut down all the supply lines and starve them out. Yeah. That's what they did. Millions of people, millions of people. And do you think that that isn't what they're intending to do right now? Of course it is. Right. The sequel's coming around, it seems. Wow. Well, this has been really, really great. Some astrologers I've had on in the past would rather lay low during these troubled times, but I'm really glad you were willing to come on and talk to me because it's important to try to use all the tools and insights we got to try to help, help people navigate all this craziness. Uh, before we go, tell people where they can get a personal reading and engage with the range of services you offer for individuals if they want to take it a bit further. Sure. The best place is Jeff at JeffHarman.com. That's H-A-R-M-A-N.com. Jeff at JeffHarman.com. That's always the best way in. But yeah, you and I will definitely be flagged as total conspiracy theorists, radicals, all those terms. You know, we're in an era right now where 
human freedom and fascism are in a collision course. And this was the Saturn-Pluto trigger that happened in 2020. COVID was clearly engineered. There's no question about it. Many doctors who don't want to come out are saying so. Scientists, I have a couple of clients who are disease specialists in you know, infectious disease. They know a lot more about that science than I'll ever know. And they can state, you know, this is clearly a genetically engineered pathogen. And they do think it was derived out of something connected with the snake venom. And, uh, yeah. you know, this was a perfect vehicle to bring in the fascism and the dystopiocrats and new world orders knew their window was the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. Mm -hmm. And now they've just got to finish choking off the economics and everyone will scream, please save us. Unless we get, I think, tell people vote, get out there and vote because, uh, yeah, they're going to try and do the same thing. Again, they're, they're going to want phone in voting if they can get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. But we have to save this amazing country because it is the cog in the wheel that's really holding up the tent for freedom globally. And if they can take this place down, and boy, they're trying, we're in big trouble. We're in big trouble. And they've tried this before, but I think there's a lot of good people who are willing to stand up and fight for human freedom. Mm -hmm. You know, and again, this one's not going to be fought with guns and weapons. This one's going to be fought with, I think, conscious awareness and putting people in positions of power and extricating people, getting some of these insane communists out of power in the district attorney's offices and the governors and in the White House. I mean, unless they do it, and then stand up and be willing to reorientate this country. You're dealing with people here that have a lot of power at the very top of the pyramid. These are the global bankers. They really are. They, mm -hmm. they own this place. This is going to be a real special one to see how this turns out. Yes. Well said. Well said. Troubled times indeed. The but... little divinity is going to enter in. Yes. As it always does. Look at Hitler. If he'd have got the bomb, he'd have controlled this world. Yikes. If yeah. I got it. He controlled this world. Now, what's interesting is the world's in a much different place right now. Not only do we have nuclear weapons, but we have other weapons that can destroy this planet. Secret stuff that is eerie. And there's always comments from people in the military. I've had the blessing of working with remote viewing groups, and they're very into astrology. They are quite well aware that the celestial matrix drastically affects the accuracy of targets, I've done studies for them, and it's really amazing that the rotations of the Earth or the positions of the Earth for the flat earthers and the, <laughs> the, um, the celestial influences of fixed stars and the individuals doing the remote viewing really show up. So it's interesting how there is upper powers above the matrix of astrology that really seem to be guiding the waves of souls coming through this planet right now. I really think that's where we gotta stay, is do what we can down here now, but also have a little faith that these totalitarians never seem to win. They cause a lot of trouble, but in the end, they never seem to win. Yeah, that is the silver lining, and I guess we all just gotta hang on tight, but 
It has been a real pleasure, man. I appreciate the insights. Thanks again, and take care out there. Yeah, you as well, my friend. All right, Jeff Harmon, an astrologer who has a good read on the signs of the times, and it's not looking good, as many of us know. Just wanted to try and fold a little esoterica back into the mix without losing sight of current events and all that. That was my goal here, and I think it pairs pretty nicely with the last episode. Jeff made mention that he wouldn't put it past them to nuke a U.S. city, and another upcoming guest also makes a similar statement. Which, as Jeff said, is basically just making the statement that we shouldn't put anything past them at this stage. They so badly want a world war. The globalists are going to poke and poke and poke until they get it. So provocations are on the table. False flags when the provocations don't work are on the table. We really got to be open to anything and everything without getting sucked into the fear of it all. And without falling into the same narratives, the legacy media is feeding us just because we start to panic. It happens, and we will see it happen to many of the people that are around us. Jeff did say a really interesting thing around 30 minutes in about the fallen angels or demonic spirits being embedded and intertwined in the structures of reality down to the molecules, positive and negative charges. That's pretty interesting stuff to mull over, and I meant to get back to it, but he throws out a ton of info, and it's hard to keep up. But I did like that part. Also, I did get a personal reading from Jeff just a couple of days ago, and it has been the most thorough reading I've gotten anywhere. It was a two-hour Zoom session covering several different astrological systems, and it came with a big old binder sent to me. I gotta do this for my wife and kid too as soon as I can, but I was impressed with all that it entailed, so much information, and I would recommend it to anyone who is interested. So the first hour was great, and the second hour is a little different than usual, if there is any kind of usual around here, but I asked Jeff if he would mind doing a relocation reading for me before we did the full spectrum reading because it is part of his repertoire, and he obliged, and it was very detailed, and we talked about a lot of places all over the map. What areas look good for me, what areas don't, some good news, some bad news, some things that aligned with the plans my wife and I are making, and some that didn't. If you know, then you know. And I tried to broaden it out a little bit, so it isn't so much about me, but it's like, well, what geographical areas would one want to be in going forward? Because if they're going to nuke a city, it doesn't really matter what your astrology says about that city. You probably don't want to be there. Same with areas that are running out of water and that kind of thing. So, yeah, we talked about several other aspects of deciding where one would want to be for the next few years in a more general sense. We talked about why the ancients seemed to have such deeper knowledge of reality and the substructures of it all. And we talked a lot about his knowledge of Vedic planetary gemology and what's involved in talisman making. I would say it was a good show. And it seems like we're going to have a pretty turbulent fall if his readings are accurate. Maybe you don't even need astrology to tell you that, but it is just another layer on the conspiracy cake. Sign up for Plus if you like what I do, get a seven-day free trial and make sure it's for you. And I'm sure it is because you're here and you're only hearing half of the episodes I do. It's weird. 
And let's look at the calendar at HiresideMeetups.com. Thanks for putting yourself out there, guys. August is really filling up. We had one yesterday and two today that are probably already not worth mentioning unless you're listening to this right when it comes out and are ready to rush out the door. But here we go. Today, August 6th, we have one in San Francisco at the Executive Order Bar and Lounge. Also today, we have Planting and Harvesting Educational Skills at the Mid-Range Farm in Costco, Maine. Garlic Harvest, Soil Prep, Fall Vegetable Planting, Cover Crop Seeding, and more. Bring your own beer, and some animal from the farm will be smoked and served as gratitude. That sounds very, very interesting. I think this one just popped up. It is always better to give a two weeks notice so that I can read these a couple of times because we do want people to show up to these things and that one seems great. I wish I could have told you about it sooner. I've been wanting to smoke a pig for my birthday for like four years now. There's some luau catering companies that will do that, but you know, it just hasn't happened. Moving on, we got August 11th, Beers and Weird in Portland, again in Maine, at the Cryptozoology Museum, and then they're going over to Bristle Brothers Brewery. That should be fun. August 13th, the Milwaukee Metaphysical Society Luncheon at Cross Park in Gladstone, Oregon. That one seems to be recurring. We got Strange Chats, Kansas City at the Big Rip Brewing Company on August 13th as well. Also on August 13th, the Okanagan Oddballs at the Brickhouse Brewery in Oroville, Washington. And then lastly, for the month of August, we have an international one, the London THC Meetup. It says venue to be announced. You're going to want to get in there and just pick a place. The people will come, but you got to lead the charge. London's a big city from what I remember. But there we have it, a good handful of events, people really getting out there, meeting other THC fans. Really, it's about like-minded people weathering the storm together. But I love it. It's cheap. It's easy. Let's meet other THC fans in the area. Let's talk about what we like, what we don't like, and how we're sticking it to the man. Anyone can make a meetup. The calendar is completely separate from the THC website. You make an account, and you fill out the event form, and once I mention it on the air a time or two, usually a handful of new friends do show up, and it's a good time. I'm also seeing the voicemails really stack up for the joint sessions. I know I haven't done one in a while. Life is getting away from me, but I will not let the month of August go past without doing one and clearing out some of those messages. Thanks for leaving them. And that's the show. Big thanks to Jeff and all of you for sticking with me, especially the Plus members who allow me to live the life I always dreamed of. Doing a job that is not so bad. Check out a personal reading from Jeff if you're interested, especially if you've never done it before because you're going to get a full binder breaking down all there is to say about you. <laughs> it's pretty great. But I'm getting out of here. Your Move Globalist Consultants, Planetary Move Makers, and Esoteric Capstone Cabal Cohorts. Your fucking move. Oh no, you see, the world isn't random, it's attached to puppet strings, control over everything. Nine to five is trying to steal ya Now don't that job seem silly? Hello, can you hear?
And that is another show complete. Remember, as much as you enjoyed this, which is just the free first hour, I hope you'll become a Plus member to hear the full two-hour interviews. You also can engage with other Plus members in the comments and the forums, and you'll find your answer to one of the most common questions I get, which is where can I find those cover songs that you use at the end of the show? Well, they are free downloads for Plus members too. And without Plus members, I can't hire the occasional musician to bring these odd cover song ideas to fruition. Plus members are how I'm able to do what I do without ads and without the big machine being on my back. We can fit so much more into a two hour interview and I do my best to make it worth your time and money. The conversation only gets deeper, weirder, and more controversial in that private hour. How could it not the way things are going? But the best way to sign up is at thehiresidechats.com where new first time subscribers always get a free seven day trial because I'm just that confident. There's no PayPal on the website, but if you need to use PayPal, then sign up through Patreon and you get all the same episodes. Our website is a credit or debit system, but you can also scope out the other options like a few various cryptos, cash or check mailed to the P.O. box. And I'll even barter with most people if you have your own business and produce something nice that my wife or kid or taste buds might like. But the architects of consensus reality have made it clear that these themes and topics aren't really welcome on the main stage. And so this is how we secure a little counterculture corner for ourselves, and I hope you'll join Plus because that is the only way it works. Besides, you can cancel anytime right on your profile page. The most common concern I hear is people just being unsure if THC Plus will work with their podcast app, and the answer is probably yes. But if not, we have several high-level app recommendations for whatever phone you use, and the website is made for mobile too. We're trained to tip a waitress for bringing us a sandwich, but that tip doesn't give you access to a second sandwich. Really, I'm not asking for any more than that, and I think I offer a better service. Come get your second serving of tasty conspiracy goodness in exchange for that small token of your appreciation. Beyond that, let it also be known that we have grown and survived as long as we have by word of mouth. I don't care so much about social media likes or follows, but tell the right people about THC. And not just listeners, but the high-level figures who are better suited to sit down with me than most other hosts. And if you can help me with any of these things, I can work to bring you better shows, which is just a win-win for both of us. Informative, entertaining, and action-packed. It also never hurts to thank a guest you liked if you have the time either. We want them to know people are listening, so they're willing to come back down the road too. Thank you for spending some time with me and cheers to a better tomorrow.